the accounting solutions will keep driving the features within their products to help their user base. However, the apps will always offer deeper, richer feature set than the accounting solution can potentially ever offer them. You're listening to Australia's Tax News Podcast, Tax Talks, the podcast for Australian tax professionals. Welcome to episode 169 of Text Talks. This is Heide Robson and thank you to Klaas for sponsoring this episode. You might already be a listener of the podcast Cloud Stories. I highly recommend it. This is a very good podcast about accounting apps hosted by Heather Smith. So I went to see Heather to talk about accounting apps. I'm an avid listener to Cloud Stories. How did it start? I was a big fan of the podcasting process. So I started it about two years, about six years ago, I started it. Um, and I was a big fan of podcasting. And it took me ages to try and work out what was the podcast I could do and what I could launch. And then eventually I figured out that the stories of the people who were sitting in the ecosystem, that would be a really nice thing for me to do a podcast about. And I very much stay focused on that. So it's interesting. Other people do podcasts and they evolve away from them or they change. But I've just very much taken the, I want to do long form interviews with people sitting in the ecosystem so people who are developing accounting apps, people who are using accounting apps, people who are implementing accounting apps. So we in this space can hear what they are saying and learn from them and learn from their different perspectives. So maybe it's the bookkeeper saying, this is why I'm using an app and this is how I'm choosing an app. And maybe it's a developer saying, this is why that had to be done and this is why changing this one field takes me six weeks and that's why we're not doing it. So everyone can gain a greater understanding of it and kind of humanize technology. And hopefully when people listen in, people have told me this, that people come up and sort of are warm and embracing of them once they've heard them on the cloud stories that kind of like it moves them to second base almost. You started Cloud Stories in 2014. That's a century ago in, 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 <laughs> in app time counting. Can you remember what things were like in 2014? There were a lot less apps to choose from and people weren't really talking about it very much. It was quite rarefied space. And I uh, had to sort of convince people to come on the show. But uh, Those people who did come on the show in those early days, we now sort of feel like the old folk of the industry. And it would have taken a long time to explain what a podcast is. Yes, I would send them a long email explaining what a podcast was and explaining the benefits of being on the show. Fortunately, people were quite willing and I was able to line up a few people to be on the show and it kind of just evolved from there. How did your setup evolve? I can imagine you started with an accounting software, be it Zero MYOB, and then you would have slowly started plugging apps into the accounting software? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Okay, so I initially started in the MYOB desktop world and then I went um, parallel and ran Zero parallel. Uh, Wayne Schmidt, who was the general manager of Zero at the time. He inducted me as a MYOB certified consultant and then he moved to Zero. 
And he encouraged me to move over across to zero. And I very much set up and slowly tested it out. But meanwhile, while I was doing that, I was, uh, it was very early stages of me going on to zero was writing the book and the book opportunity came. So I was kind of learning zero as I was writing the book, which was uh, an interesting challenge. And I was, as soon as I'd hear about any app, I, I would just start plugging them in. So I think one of the first ones would have been MinuteDoc, the time tracking solution. And uh, every time I heard about one or someone in the area talked about something that could make what I was doing more efficient, I would uh, plug it in I'd test it out and uh, see how I'd go from there. And in terms of apps, I use a lot at the moment, but like I think about them as like I have some sitting on Google Chrome, which I consider apps, and they sort of help me in little little ways, making things more efficient. And I also have apps sitting on my mobile device that, again, make my life more efficient. Simply um, just having the airplane, the airline apps on your phone helps you check in on the phone and helps you keep your boarding pass on your phone, which keeps things all in one place. So in life, there's lots of ways you can embrace artificial intelligence and technology and machine learning to make life easier for you. you we've just had uh, our door replaced, our door lock key replaced with a digital door. So I just push a few buttons and I can enter the house. It means no one ever has to leave with a key. Plus, we can also sort of set it up so um, if a builder needs to come along, they can get into the house without us being there. So just these efficiencies that you can build into your life using technology are really exciting. And I just keep surrounding myself with people who are pioneers in this space and learning from them and trying out things that they've told me that are good. And so in Anise Consulting, you don't do any compliance anymore. You just do advisory. Is that right? I never was a tax professional. I am a, <laughs> I am a BAS agent, um, but I very actually rarely do BAS. I can, I'm a registered BAS agent, but I hardly ever do it. So I can do it, but I hardly ever do it. One of the things is that they, if you write about it, they kind of give you credit for writing about it. And as I've written nine accounting books now, so I've written, I, I write about it on almost all of my books to some extent. So um, yes, yeah, so primarily I would sit in advisory space, both training people in how to use accounting solutions, fixing up issues, helping people connect with solutions. But I also now sit a lot in the space of working with accounting apps and helping them connect back into the accounting and bookkeeping community. So, you know, that may be in terms of explaining how to identifying what information will be useful to the accounting and bookkeeping community. So, for example, someone just sent me a webinar they're about to run and I'm like, oh, the third slide here is awesome. It's showing me a really detailed workflow on purchase requisitions. Can I use this and share it with people? So I can sort of look at something and go, oh, accountants will like this information that you've got here. Let's share it out because it's going to help them understand what you do but also explain it to their clients because, you know, people who are interested in the space are then talking to their clients about it as well. I heard you mentioning once that you have 220 apps and I found that mind-boggling, but now I actually think I might be able to understand. The 220 apps, they actually include apps you have on your mobile phone to check into a flight or... Yes, 
I would say, and it's actually, I think it's like 226 now. I think I signed up for something else last week. And each one does its own small thing. And so what it may be is it may save you a lot of time. So practice ignition possibly when you first implement it can save you four hours a week onboarding people. But then you'll find something that will save you maybe a a few slithers of time, but compounded over um, several years, you know, that can work out to be quite significant. And if me implementing it or onboarding it or installing it helps me with that time saving, I consider a stitch in time saves nine. It's worth me just learning it quickly so then I can uh, uh, utilize that going forward. And, uh, you know, there's lots of different options and, and solutions there, but I very much evolved. So, My practice sits in my handbag and I can work from anywhere and I really like to travel. I really like that freedom and that flexibility that it gives me to be able to work from anywhere. How many apps have you integrated with Xero that you actually pay for? (laughs) I'm not sure, but possibly about 30, I would say, but I'm not sure. That's an enormous cost because I find the cost of these apps adds up very quickly. For example, the basic subscription with Practice Ignition, I think it's about $100 a month. Mm -hmm. The same amount again for Receipt Bank, a basic version of Salesforce is over $200 a month, then you have the zero subscription. I find it adds up very, very quickly and easily hits $1,000 a month and more. So two ways to look at that. The first way I would say is some of the light subscriptions are free. So I think Insightly CRM has a free level on offering. There's a lot of them that at a, a low level, if you're a micro business, offer you a free free offering. And then the other way I'd look at it is the technology may be your first employee. So if you're paying $1,000 a month, if you consider that to be an employee, that's actually really, really cheap. If they're giving you the value and if they're saving you uh, time and helping you in your business. Um, I consider that to be uh, considerably cheaper than employing someone. And I know, for instance, I did an assessment of, it was actually a, a marketing tool that I implemented and I had a staff member working on it and the tool replicated and did far better, significantly better than the work the staff member was able to do. Even though she was very skilled in her area, the volume it was able to produce was far greater and the cost was 20% of what the staff member was. So when you find solutions that can help you that way, that's quite significant. So, and and a lot of the, um, yes, when you are growing, the subscriptions do get larger. And in fact, the most recent subscription I I applied to was something called a subscription check, which was a solution that checks your subscriptions and helps you monitor all the different, track my subs, it's called track my, I'm just looking for it. Um, And it helps you monitor. But what I did with that was there's a place called AppSumo, A-P-P Sumo, S-U-M-O, And it frequently has an offer that you can try something out for a whole year for free. So I'm actually signed up and I'm trying it out for a whole year for free. 
And then at the end of that, I might get rid of it. Or if I find it beneficial, I might sign up for it. But if something like track my subs, which is going to track your subscription, saves you more money than it costs you, then it's kind of worth using. But yes, I, I do hear you saying saying that. And I guess it's like, do you engage more staff? Do you engage more technology? Investigate the lighter options there. And the other thing is I do find, and I find this with my clients as well, is they don't activate downgrades when they stop using the level of the subscription that they sort of pushed up to. So a particular period in the month or the year, they may need to upgrade, but then there's the opportunity for them to downgrade and they don't actively do that. And and I know even with the zero subs when they're um, staff, I actively say, look, you don't have all the staff going through, let's pull it down. And they don't react to that. It will take them months before they react to that. So it's kind of wasted money. Where do you see the greatest change coming from over the next five years in the accounting and tax industry? Australia and New Zealand is really leading the way in this space. So I think that we really should be both proud of ourselves and acknowledge that. And I think for Australian and New Zealanders listening in, you really have an opportunity to educate the global space on this What I find from my travels, I was fortunate to be both in the UK and America this year, and um, it's the infrastructure within their business systems that is perhaps heeding their ability to fully embrace everything that's, that we are embracing and making our life much easier. And they need to work through. So it's going to be interesting to see how they need to work through the various things that are actually happening in their world, such as, you know, we have open banking. Are they going to be able to embrace open banking? One of the complexities in America, which you kind of might not even think about, is the issue around tips. So if you work at an, a restaurant and, and the restaurant deals with tips, well, many of those tips are written on top on, on addition to the uh, bill slip or they're given over in an additional amount and put in, in the jar. And what happens is the restauranteur has to manually deal with that, all of those tips at the end of the night. And so people frequently were telling me the restaurant owner would spend an hour every night dealing with that. And how do you incorporate either paying the staff better or incorporate such a manual part of their existence into automation because they, they some of these countries are very much, they all have cash in their pockets to deal with the tips because I had great difficulty because I never had cash on me to, to deal with all the tip thing that was happening. At the moment, preference for accounting software is very much driven by locality. So, for example, if you're in Australia or New Zealand, you're more likely to use Xero than MYOB. If you are in the US, you're probably more likely to use QuickBooks than anything else. I think in the UK is Sash. I think Sash or QuickBooks are very strong. Do you think that will change over time? I think the existing base will always probably remain stronger. I think the biggest accounting software solution that is being used internationally is Microsoft Excel. 
And that's the opportunity that all of the accounting solutions are looking at and trying to tell people, move off Excel and use our solution. But what they do is they have that sort of that mentality, oh, Excel is free. It's not really. You pay a subscription to Microsoft to get it, but they kind of think, oh, it's free. Why would I pay maybe $30 to go on an online accounting solution a month? What is the benefit? And it's, again, them trying to justify to themselves paying a monthly subscription for something that I perceive will save them time, give them better insights than than using Microsoft Excel. So I think it will, the basis very much, unless something goes wrong or unless they're taken over and unless they can't keep up technology-wise, they'll possibly stay the same. But um, it will be those people who can get the people using Microsoft Excel on who will grow, I suspect. It does, some accounting solutions out there are free. I think, I'm not sure. Yeah, I think Wave is. And it always, it makes, I always find that weird that you would not pay for an accounting solution. I think that that's weird. They make their money through payment. And, it, and it's very basic. It's a very, very basic accounting software. So, for example, you can't implement bank routes. How do you think the app space will change? Do you think the accounting softwares will integrate more and more features, eliminating the need for apps? Or do you think, yes. yeah? Yeah, I think that the accounting solutions will keep driving the features within their products to both help their user base, but also it gives them media coverage to do that, which is kind of cynical, but I think that they'll do it for media coverage. However, the apps will always offer deeper richer feature set than the accounting solution can potentially ever offer them. So for example, they have payroll, um, they have payroll solutions. Zero has a payroll solution within it. However, there are lots of different payroll solutions, such as Tanda, the workforce solution that connects into Zero to do rostering, to do awards analysis, to assist with onboarding your new staff. And while as soon as Zero implements maybe any element of that, that solution, which will has, you know, a hundred people focused on just developing that solution, it will be on to the next stage, the next set of features that are required in that particular area. So to have people who are really specialized and focus just in that particular area. The accounting solutions are never going to get that because they're going to be focused on core and go, okay, what's the next big feature that we can just implement? But they're never going to have the refined feature set available that the apps can have. And even when they buy them, even when they buy them, they never really implement them nicely. They never really merge or mash up nicely. And I think the problem is probably that the accounting software has to stay horizontal, whereas the apps can go really deep into a niche. Yeah, I completely, completely agree with that. And yeah, they, they have to say horizontal. And, you know, sometimes you just like fix up where you are now. But like sometimes the fix that I want won't give them good media. So they'll go and find something that they can say, oh, look at this nice new jazzy thing that we've announced that that will get them better media than than what the core may be necessarily want. 
One of the things I do with my Cloud Stories episodes is I uh, transcribe all of them. So I always find that it helps to have the SEO on my uh, website. And one of the things I'm very focused on is curating information around the accounting apps community. And I do that via my newsletter that you can sign up to at heathersmithau.com heathersmithau.com and it is a newsletter focused on accounting apps, curated information over the last week or so of everything happening in the accounting app community. So hopefully listeners will find that useful. Welcome back. Heather's distinction between horizontal and vertical apps is a useful way of looking at the app landscape. And I found her observation interesting that the big accounting softwares will never be able to go deep into a niche. Hence, there will always be room for vertical apps to fill the gap if the niche is large enough. At the moment, we focus on workflows of our general practices, but soon... I also want to go into apps that specifically cover SMSF administration and integrate with class and possibly BGL. In the next episode, episode 170, Chris Hooper of Acadex in Adelaide will talk about workflow automation. Until then, thank you for listening and thank you to class for their support. Bye for now and see you in the next episode. <laughs>